This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks and today we're going to talk about some Radical Rocks and their amazing stories. Stay tuned for this exciting episode. We're going to talk about some very famous rocks that have some interesting stories associated to them. And some of these stories involve curses or bad luck or just a lot of money exchanging hands and things like that. So I've picked out 10 amazing rocks and one bonus story about a mineral, um, a pearl in particular. So a total of 11 stories. So let's go ahead and get started. But if you want to know the source for this, um, you can go to our blog at radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. And at the bottom of any one of our blogs, you're going to find links to all our social media on Facebook, which is free. We have a great group there. You're going to find other links um, to some interesting books and things of that sort, depending on the article. You're going to find links to our YouTube videos, of course, um, the podcast and other social media if you're interested in it. And with that, let's get started. We are going to go over this list of 10 radical rocks and their stories. So what makes a rock radical? Well, it could be that it's one of a kind. But really, I guess they're all just one of a kind. It could be that it's the largest or the rarest, the highest quality. It could be the story that the rock comes with. Radical rocks will be gemstones in this article. However, radical rocks are of many sorts in my world and hopefully your world too. They may be the plain black tourmaline crystal that me and my daughter found in the yard, or that one-of-a-kind geode that I found at the Hauser beds. Or maybe it's the one in my rock, that the one rock in my yard that my grandmother picked up when she was nine years old and bore on. And then there's the geode that my mom picked up at a trading post because she knew I left rocks, and every time I see it, I think very good thoughts of her. So let's dig into this incredible list of radical rocks. And the links and references again are below. First of all, uh, they're just in alphabetical order. The Black Orlove. The Black Orlove was found in the 1800s in India. It was cut to a cushion uh, shape of 67.5 carat. It's a deep, dark gunmetal gray, almost black in color. The gem was said to be cursed because it was stolen from a sacred shrine in India, plucked right out of the eye of Burma, the Hindu god of creation, wisdom, and magic. The legend continues that the Russian princess, uh, Nadia Orlov, acquired the stone that became her namesake. Princess Nadia and two other owners of the stone are said to have committed suicide, shortly after owning the gym. Then in 1947, Charles W. Winson had it set in a beautiful necklace. Several owners of the gym proceeded. It has been in museum displays, including the American Museum of Natural History and the London Natural History Museum. And we have a photograph of it there if you want to look at it. Next, uh, or actually I don't have a photograph of that one. You'll have to look it up. Uh, Next is the Black Prince Ruby. Now, the Black Prince Ruby, I do have a photo of that. It's actually not a ruby at all. It is a spindle 
uh, a large spindle of a brilliant red. It's believed to have been mined from the Badakashan, known today as Tajikistan. Tajikistan. I'm probably mispronouncing half these words, I apologize. Possibly in the 14th century. The stone is known as the Great Impostor. It was said to have been taken from the Moorish kingdom of Grenada as spoils from Don Pedro the Cruel, ruler of Seville of Spain. Then the gem was obtained by the Black Prince, a war hero of a hundred-year war, or hundred years war, Edward of Woodstock, King Henry V. Um, so the Black Prince, the Black Prince, can't even talk right. The Black Prince was a war hero of the Hundred Year War, um, and then Edward of Woodstock, King Henry the Fifth, became the owner because this uh, Edward of Woodstock had had won a battle. Now King Henry the Eighth, when he became owner of it, he had the gem placed in his battle helmet, along with other real rubies. And as he wore the gems, he defeated the French at the battleground of Argencourt. Then the gem was passed on to Henry VIII and his daughter Elizabeth I. King Charles was later beheaded in 1649 for treason and the stone was sold. Charles II bought it back, almost uh, lost it, and then Irish Colonel Thomas Bloodtide, he tried to steal the crown jewel from the Tower of London in 1671. So it still remains with those gems. So it started off with some good luck. And then uh, kind of start off some bad luck, and now it's safe in the Tower of London. Third on our list is a blue diamond. Its current location is unknown. Much drama and stories continue to this day. The story is that a janitor in the um, Saudi royal family uh, palace stole the blue gem, along with other gems. He hid it in his vacuum cleaner bag. It's said that the thief was caught, and some of the gems were returned, but not the blue diamond. Some claim the gem never existed. Some of the Thai officials were mysteriously murdered. Um, and these officials were the ones that were looking into the investigation. They were mysteriously murdered or ended up missing as they were doing this investigation. In 1995, Charles Curtis, the police officer in charge of the first investigation, was sentenced to death for the murder of the wife and 14-year-old son of the Thai jeweler who was accused of making the gems that were returned ended up being fake and he was the one that made them this gem carries a curse to those who are not its rightful owner fourth on the list is the Delhi purple sapphire the Delhi purple sapphire is actually not a sapphire at all uh, it ended up being a violet amethyst basically quartz right but it was a real beautiful um, purple color the legend says a stone was stolen by a British soldier from the Temple of India. This temple was dedicated to the god of war and weather. In 1857, during the Indian Mutiny, the stone was taken to England by Colonel W. Ferris, and his family was said to have suffered the curse. And the curse that they had was of financial and health afflictions. In 1890, Edward Heron Allen, a scientist and writer, became the owner and gave the stone to a friend who claimed the gem brought him bad luck and quickly returned the gem back. Edward Heron Allen then claimed that the gem was accursed and stained with the blood and dishonor of everyone who has ever owned it. 
so he kept it locked up in seven boxes with good luck charms surrounding all around it and later donated it. It has since made its way into the Natural History Museum vault collection of gemstones. Fifth on the list is a Hope Diamond. Several radical diamonds have amazing stories. The Hope Diamond is no exception. It was mined in India at the Kohler mine in the 17th century and was cut from the Travern Blue Diamond. It's a beautiful blue diamond. The beautiful dark blue color comes from a small trace of boron. The total weight of the Hope Diamond is 45.52 carats. The diamonds had many historical owners, including King Louis IV of France, uh, King George IV of England, and other famous persons. The Hope Diamonds continues with a curse. The curse was said to bring bad luck and tragedy to anyone who owns or wears the beautiful gem. Several owners were murdered, hung to death, imprisoned, and even committed suicide. And uh, the thought is that the rumor was likely propagated by sellers who wanted to create some hype around the gym. The sixth gym is the Koh-i-Noor Diamond. The Koh-i-Noor Diamond, also known as a Mountain of Light, was mined in India around the 13th century and weighed 793 carats before it was cut down to 105.6 carats. I'm sure there was many other stones from that too. It was cut by Queen Victorian's, uh, he had it cut, Queen Victorian's husband, Prince Albert. He didn't think much of this flawless diamond, and later it was set in the front of the Queen Mother's crown and is displayed in the Tower of London. The diamond also came with a curse that seemed to cause men turmoil and disputes prior to arriving in England. Thus, it was only worn by females and the royal family. The Lepergerin Pearl. The Lepergerin Grinnell Pearl which means pilgrim or wonder, was said to have been discovered by an African slave girl who located the pearl on the, Afri- on the Gulf of Panama Island, Santa, Marina, Santa Margarita, and this was in the 16th century. It was a 55.95 carat pearl and was perfectly symmetrical. The slave girl received freedom for finding the pearl, and for some 300 years the pearl wandered from owner to owner as its namesake, the wonder. In 1969, Richard Burton bought it for $307,000 as a Valentine's gift for his wife, Elizabeth Taylor. She proceeded to lose it in a couch at the Windsor Castle and once at a hotel to find only that her dog had it in his mouth, but was able to retrieve it before it was both times. Seventh on our list is a Star of Africa. The Star of Africa is also known as a Colinian diamond discovered in 1905 located in South Africa at 3,106.75 carats. It was at that time two times larger than any other diamond. It was cut into nine pieces and the largest piece known is known as the Great Star of Africa. The Great Star of Africa was to be given to King Edward VII as a show of support between Africa and the UK. The diamond was sent in a regular package by registered post, and at the same time a fake diamond was sent by a steamboat in a safe with security guarding the decoy. Interesting story. The eight stories about the Star of India. The Star of India is considered one of the rarest gems in all the world. Possibly it was found in the 1600s and found in India, but it turned up in an exposition in Paris in 1900, and it is 
563.35 carat star sapphire stone. It's super rare, deep blue transparent with a six-pointed star. And even more amazing is the stone has a star on each side. The stone mysteriously appeared and then was stolen in 1964. The alarm failed and the thieves got away with many gems from the museum. However, two days later, the thieves were found. Months later, the thieves confessed and the gem was found in a bus station locker in Miami, Florida. It's now safe and hopefully has a working alarm system. And here's another one associated with Elizabeth Taylor, the Tyler Burton Diamond. That's what it was known as, is the Tyler Burton Diamond. It was discovered in 1966 at the Premier Mine in South Africa. It was 241 carat diamond when it was found, and it was cut to 69.42 carat stone. In 1969, Taylor Burton had to own that diamond at any cost as a gift for his wife, Elizabeth Taylor. And at a cost of $2 million, he had it designed to cover Elizabeth Taylor's uh, her She had to have a trachometric, trachometric uh, you know, trick. Oh, I can't say it. <laughs> I'm trip, tripping over my tongue left and right tonight. The tracheotomy scar. So it hangs right there and covers that star up. So that was kind of cool. That scar, rather. The Tiffany Diamond. The Tiffany Diamond was found about 1878 at the Kimberley Mine in South Africa. The large yellow diamond weighed in at 287.42 carats, and then it was cut to 128.42 carat stone. Most stones this type would be cut to 58 facets, but after a year, a whole year of studying the stone, it was cut to some 90 facets. It was considered a big risk at the time, but the brilliance of this cushion-cut stone proved to be a huge success for the 23-year-old gemologist George Frederick Coons. Audrey Hepburn wore the gem at a press release at the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. Now, another interesting little fact about this uh, gemologist, George Frederick Coons. You might remember Coonsite. He is the namesake of the gem Coonsite, and that was also in regards to Tiffany um, and uh, creating a lot of stones. Interesting stories. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Um, I do try to do them on the first take, um, as this is all volunteer. We do appreciate you looking at our links, supporting the channel. You know, if you've listened to our channel for a while, that we are looking to help lapidary and rock hounding and giving a portion of the proceeds, um, not only just to, you know, most of the proceeds to build the channel, but to do an educational work and to donate to different organizations that are keeping lapidary arts alive and eventually the hope is to actually keep collecting areas open and we're not asking for any money or anything just for you to subscribe like uh, share our podcasts our blogs um, and our um, YouTube videos and then of course you can join our community for free at Facebook all the links are on the blog at radicalrocksusa.blogspot Com. So I hope you enjoyed this exciting show, and remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.